0: Yeah, I didn't really, uh, really plan it out too far, but I suppose if you just wanted to maybe talk about what's going on in your life currently and what you're doing to heal.
1: Um, I don't know. So basically you already know, we kind of talked a little bit yesterday, how growing up, you go through the childhood trauma and then uh, traumas as adult in general, and then getting diagnosed, seeing, start seeing a therapist through after everything, get diagnosed with MDD, major depressive disorder and P- PTSD and then traits or characteristics of uh, borderline personality disorder. But then like, after that I get too scared to find out what's wrong. And then, so I just, Stop going to therapy and everything. And that's like, obviously like the worst thing you probably should do. <laughs> but for me at that moment, it felt normal. That felt like the right thing to do. I think I got scared of her telling me that. So I ended up moving and I kind of talked to you about that yesterday, how I basically moved to run away from everything. And now I'm possibly moving back and I have to face everything again. So I don't know i've done it all i've gone i've gone to therapy which i think you two have said that you have or still do i don't know but otherwise i mean the whole reason for me like i guess as far as this podcast me and you both have our own reasons i think and i think we both have our own like reasons for wanting to do the podcast yours is like the whole stigma towards mental health and stuff And for me, it's like, I just want to be proof that like, no matter what you go through and how far in life you feel like you're just drowning and there's no end in sight, you will get there. It might take forever and things will definitely keep getting worse until they start to get better. And it definitely, I feel like I'm a good person to show that image. Like, I've been through a lot. I've seen some of the darkest times. I think a lot of people in my life can't relate to or ever experience themselves. Maybe they have, obviously there's other people who have, but like I fell into addiction and everything because of it and then to just climb out on top of it. And then now being sober and seeing everything for what it is, it it's a whole different view from where I was just even a year ago. Like everything is so, I was like a year ago ready to die and like be done and didn't care if I had anyone, nothing. And I, now I'm sober and I'm like, wow, like I have so much potential compared to the person who I was a year ago. Like, I don't know.
0: So did you make your way back to therapy or is it something you're still avoiding?
1: I'm still avoiding it. (laughs) It's bad, but. I don't know, she wanted me to start seeing a specialist for the borderline personality traits. And I don't know, like that was my big fear going into therapy in the first place was confirming something was wrong with me, even though I already knew everything up here wasn't ticking right, you know? But like having a professional tell you like, yeah, you got some things going on and I myself Feel like, you need to see someone like a specialist to basically diagnose you with what I have a feeling is going on. And I'm like, man, I was like hoping that you would just listen to me complain sometimes <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah, for real. And then, so I don't know, she wanted me to do like the EMDR or EDMR, is it EDMR? Yeah. Yep. yeah, she wanted me to do that. and I was very skeptic of it. I still haven't done it because I still am skeptic of it because the way it was presented to me, I think, it was more like she's like, oh, I'll do like rapid motions in front of your eyes and it'll help you like process your trauma or whatever. And to me that just says like, okay, yeah, because me going through getting hit by a train, me going through divorce, all that stuff, that's supposed to be fixed by you just moving your hands in front of my face, you know what I mean? and I try not to be skeptic about it. I try to give everything a chance, but it's still something I'm, I feel like if I don't go into the mindset that it's gonna work, that it's not gonna work because I'm already doubting it. And so I do need to get back to the point where I will go see that specialist and all that stuff, but I feel like I have to mentally be in the right mindset to be accepted, like accept, receptive of what they're going to tell me, and I don't think I'm ready for that yet.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, so you talked about having to move back to Parkersburg, and then you have to come back here and face everything. Yeah. It seems like you're even over there still, and you're afraid to face some of that stuff. And I know with, like, EMDR, I think part of that is, like, not only processing those traumatic things, but also kind of reliving them in a way.
1: Yeah, especially because like that's where my accident happened and I went down there one time. I walked down there because I was too scared to drive down there. So I walked down there and which we can get into that in a more lengthy episode. We kind of have a short amount of time, but I was able to walk down there and immediately panicked and had to turn around and leave. And also that's where I lost myself to alcohol in. I completely lost myself. I pushed away everyone around me, even though I'd say a good 75% of them were trying to be there for me. And I still seen it as, nah, y'all are just judging me like everyone else or you're against me in some kind of way. Like I was just in a really bad place and now having to move back there is scary. I've made amends with the people I know that I hurt and you being one of them and like I've come to peace with the person I was, because I know I'm nowhere near that person anymore, but it's just, it's like going back to a town full of triggers and I'm not, not ready for it. I have to be ready for it, but I'm not.
0: (laughs) But But like you said, you're you're a different person now than you were when you left.
1: Yeah, a way different person.
0: coming back, and and I've been here, you know, for 31 years, and I know I'm not the same person I was at one point in my life, and I'm still here. And I think that some people do still judge me based on the past. And I'm sure people even judge me on what I'm trying to do now. But uh, I think, like, with what you want to do is to let people know, like, you're not alone. And no matter how far down you are or how deep at the bottom of the ocean you feel like there is a way out of that
1: there always and is
0: it's, yeah it, it yeah there always is and I think it's incredibly brave on your part to not only come back here and face some of that but be willing to talk about a lot of those experiences too
1: yeah which fair warning obviously you know this as my friend I'm a very emotional person so <laughs> obviously it's gonna bring up a lot and It's kind of interesting, too, because I don't know. I Like you told me yesterday, I don't have to face it alone. I have, like, my friends. I have my significant other. Like, it's not going to just be me throwing back into the wolves. But in my mindset, it's like fight or flight mode pretty much. So I'm nervous. I don't think – no, I'm not going to even say that. I'm not going to break my sobriety because I am – nine and a half months over, so I know that that's one thing I have going for me and I'm gonna do my best to just mentally stay like stable the best I can <laughs> so I don't you know
0: that, you want to stay on that lifeboat yeah top of the ocean exactly go okay.
1: and it like took yeah, so and, long to get there so it's just like oh right yeah
0: right but you do like you do have people on that lifeboat with you and you're not you're not doing this alone and it is going to be hard and you're probably going to cry
1: every day <laughs> <laughs> seriously
0: that's, that's okay though that's okay though
1: <laughs> I know and that the lifeboat thing is so true because it really does like when you're going through all of that stuff in such a short amount of time it really does feel like you're sinking and then more stuff happens like so go through all that oh now my car just got totaled because someone hit it so like just because like your life is falling apart and is in shambles, doesn't mean life's gonna stop for you to get back up. So you just have to keep, you know, the whole three steps forward, two steps back situation. And that's definitely, and you just have to keep going because it gets a lot harder before it starts to get easier. And you just have to be able to get through that super hard stuff to be able to actually see the beauty of everything on the other side. Yeah. So. I don't know. Even the people around you is important too. You have to cut out the people who you like are unsure of. I cut out a lot of them, whether they deserved it or not, but helps with peace of mind.
0: Yeah, Yeah, because you said that you felt like maybe 75% of them were genuinely trying to help, but then there's that. 25% that was drilling holes in your life boat and not helping in any sort of way, but we're actually dragging you backwards and having the self-awareness to know like who wasn't good for you as opposed to who is is incredibly important. But yeah, like for me, um, I'm at a point in my life now where I do have a lot of good people in my life and more support, more genuine support, more Um, encouraging and authentic support than I've ever had and that I can make all the difference for a person and I think a big part for for me why I want to do this is just to let people know like you have that support and maybe it's not in the form of the people that are close to you but hopefully we can be that for people yeah and if they need to reach out we we can try to try to help in any way we can
1: Yeah, and that's like always something that you and I have connected over is like our want to be able to help people. So it's like, I feel like this is the perfect opportunity. And for you, you made a career out of it already. Like what you're doing now, you're still surrounded by people who went through probably similar things as you. But now you're at the point where you get to coach people or talk them through it, you know. And that's crazy to think like that, because I'm sure I mean, like, how do you feel like just two years ago? Compared to where you are now,
0: <laughs> um, yeah, a lot's a lot's definitely changed yeah. on my end. Because <laughs> you so said like you're already making this a career, but it's been more like it's it's been ten years since the idea of turning you know my own adversities into something that could help people, mm-hmm. and I've only been doing this for just over two years, two and a half years, something like that at this point, point. and. It's incredibly rewarding
1: mm-hmm.
0: knowing that, like all this shit that you went through, like it was for a purpose, and you can actually use it to help other people. That lived experience is incredibly important when you're working with people. It's so, it's so, crazy. Yeah.
1: Even like as your friend, like I've seen some of the bad times for you. Not all of them, definitely not all of them. Probably not even close to half of them. But the few I have been a part of or seen seeing that person then compared to who you are now, is like a whole different image. Like, it's just crazy to, it's a good example of the, yeah, even though when you're drowning, you just gotta keep working. You work towards the lifeboat, and then that lifeboat is just like, that's where everything just becomes worth it. Like all the work and effort.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think, uh, so, like my last relapse I had done the sober October thing back in 2019 Mm -hmm. after starting the Facebook group and November 1st, I ended up going to the bar with you and uh, I didn't like on the way there, I did not intend to drink. Like I, I really didn't. And there and just started drinking and I ended up spending the night at your place and I didn't sleep that night. I woke up in the morning. I, called my dad and asked him to come and get me. Um, You had texted me like, Hey, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) no, maybe, (laughs) but I, but I knew that I didn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I knew I didn't want to do it anymore. And I checked myself into the crisis center and was there for a few days. And then when I got home, I think I drank two more times after that. And it was Thanksgiving of 2019 and was at some family friends and, Drank quite a bit that night, but walking home like I knew that I wasn't going to go back there. Mm -hmm. I knew that was the last time I was ever going to drink and I haven't looked back since and everything I can't say everything's improved since then, but I think my mental health in general has improved significantly. There's obviously still always going to be like situational stuff that's going to come up that's going to be really hard to deal with, but I think that I'm somebody that's incredibly fortunate to come out of all that struggle and be a more resilient person as an outcome.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. And that's crazy that you bring that up because I don't even remember that. That kind of is upsetting for me. <laughs> like, I briefly remember, like, you staying at my house that night, but I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. That's sad. But it is, what it is. Yeah. It yeah, made you I mean, the person you are now. Over four years. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
1: That's crazy. But but with
0: that too, uh, me getting sober this last time, that was the culmination of like a eight, nine year journey trying to give up those addictions. Mm -hmm. And I would do well at times and then fall off. And it was kind of an ebb and flow for a long time until I finally made not only the decision, but a commitment to actually taking an effort at getting better and really getting better. So I had been working on it, but I hadn't been doing as much as I should have been.
1: Yeah, and like you can only save yourself. No one's gonna do it for you. So it's one of those situations, like if you're not ready for it, it's it's gonna be hard. You're gonna go back and forth a lot. And even if you are ready for it, sometimes it's hard too. Like I was luckily lucky enough to be able to just quit everything cold turkey and like I have looked back since and like you said you've had a couple relapses or one one or two but you still are how how's how long is your sobriety now?
0: Uh it's been me be 5 years in November from alcohol and 4 years from marijuana in
1: October. That's crazy. Time goes so fast. But,
0: so, yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was eight months sober. The last time getting sober prior to, to this time mm-hmm. and had a friend commit suicide. And I mean, that day just started drinking again. And for 14 months, that's what it was just dwelling on that and placing blame on myself for what happened and feeling really guilty and ruminating on, on all of that while intoxicated and we all know that alcohol is a depressant and yeah. it didn't help anything.
1: And it's it weird how it. it's like one of the major things I think people use to cope. And it is probably like one of the worst options you can choose because it is a depressant. So yeah, it's going to make you feel great for a little bit until you're like sitting at home alone and crying yourself to sleep over it, you know, so it's, it's crazy. What are your diagnosis again? for your mental health? I think,
0: yeah, currently it's just bipolar disorder as far as I know, but I've I've been diagnosed with different things, misdiagnosed primarily. Like when all of this started back in 2013 with my mental health, Uh, the first time I was ever hospitalized, I talked to a doctor for five minutes tops and she diagnosed me with schizophrenia, put me on a bunch of medication that I didn't need. And that was a really terrible time. So it's been that, and I've gone back to that hospital multiple times. And even though I come in there with a bipolar diagnosis, she always sends me out of there and sends the paperwork to my therapist that I have schizophrenia. And that would be whatever if I did, but it's just like, do your job. Yeah. Like, this isn't my diagnosis. And the fact that you continue to misdiagnose me every time I come in here is
1: like Almost like being dismissive is how it feels, sounds too, like. She just doesn't want yeah. to care enough to actually look into it.
0: Yeah, she's and I and I could say a lot of things. I won't do that on that. <laughs> uh, people close to me know how I feel about that whole situation, and many other people do too.
1: Yeah, but
0: it is what it is. Um,
1: do you feel like people? So- I think are sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, do you feel like since you've gone sober, do you feel like you've had less? issues with your mental health or do you think it kind of triggered it into getting worse and then better
0: i i would love to be able to sit here and tell you that getting sober was the cure-all be-all but it's it wasn't yeah i've had six seven manic episodes since then Mm -hmm. at least in the last four years just two in the last year alone i think a lot of that is entirely circumstantial I think for me, when the stress of life gets too heavy, mania is kind of a form of escapism in a way. Yeah. Kind of, kind of to separate from reality and mania is a world of its own. I think uh, it's something that people can get addicted to, just the euphoria of it and being productive and just having all these dreams and these these lofty ideals and it's, it's a fun place to be until you crash and come out of it. And
1: then you the still have to, are, <laughs> you
0: have to face everything. Have Usually you make a mess of problems during those manic yeah. episodes <laughs> that you have to come out of and deal with. And it's like, it's like you said, right? Like three steps forward, four steps back sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't, it hasn't been perfect, but I think now given, The lifeboat that I'm on myself and having the support that I do and having many, many people to talk to who don't just listen, but understand and oftentimes can say the right thing to help me through it is it's made all the difference. So sobriety didn't hear everything, but having those friendships, I think has been the most important thing for me.
1: Yeah. And getting people in your life who actually take the time to get to know your your illness or whatever, however you want to label it, I guess, getting to know your mental health, your triggers and all that stuff. It's important to have those people because that means they truly give a fuck about you so that when those episodes come up, they know what they can do to help, whether it's to let you figure it out and work through it or if they need to take action and be there and like, you know, it's super important. Super important. It is.
0: It is and you talk to about like having the wrong people around you mm-hmm. and it was like it's not a comfortable feeling when you get sober and even the people that you thought genuinely cared and you've known for a long time in the end they were just drinking buddies. Yeah. I mean you, you quit doing the things that you were doing and you stopped hearing from those people. And it's unfortunate too because in my manic episodes I tend to point that out like the lack of support is. Mm -hmm. too much. And I think for, for me, I've burned those bridges more so than what those people did. But at the same time, I think it's been for the best probably for both parties. Yeah, because, you know, some a lot of people don't know how to deal with people that become symptomatic with their with their mental health issues. And that can definitely put a divide I mean, I think you, you mentioned it earlier about going through all these things and feeling like you didn't have anybody you could really connect to about it, because a lot of people haven't
1: been through it. those
0: experiences. Mm-hmm. They haven't been through it. And I think, and this is something that I mentioned the other day when I did the did the TV show, like as as a kid going through a lot of stuff that my peers hadn't gone through. Like, I just wanted somebody to, to connect with that understood like what it felt like to be hurt in that sort of way. Mm-hmm. And I think because I couldn't really find it, that was something that really contributed to me being socially anxious.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. It is hard. It's definitely hard when you feel like you're the person who's like backed into a corner full of people who don't get you like a single freaking ounce. And you're like, man, am I the only person in the world who has these thoughts or these feelings all the time? Or just out of nowhere even, it's not even that it has to be all the time, but sometimes those feelings and those thoughts, they just run up on you out of nowhere. And then you're just sitting there like, no one gets me, this is frustrating, it sucks. Like, I'm so alone right now. And it's and the people there supporting you could be standing straight in your face, like slapping you in the face, like, I'm right here. What are you talking about? But you're so convinced, like, no one gets me. Like, how am I here right now? Like, none of you want to, I'll try to understand me a single ounce but it's just I don't know and that's where I think I burned a lot of my bridges is the people I had there they were staring me right in the face trying to help me and I was repeatedly not saying this exactly but through actions and everything else like I don't you don't have me you're you are, you do not have my back you don't know anything about me like why are you sitting here trying to tell me you're here for me when it's clear you're you're not but they were and I end up burning those bridges because I push so hard, I self-destruct. That's exactly what it is, self-destructive. <sighs>
0: yeah. yeah, I think with with my my journey too, people can have the best intentions to help you in the world, but a lot of times the support that you need, they don't have the capacity to give. Yeah, and that's they not their the fault tool.
1: either. I mean, it's not, it's they not. have their own life going on and we, I think that's another thing we tend to expect people to just be there, but it's like, well, they have their own things going on too, just cause my world's falling apart. Doesn't mean that they have to stop their world to figure it out for me. You know what I mean? And that's another thing about self-awareness. You have to be self-aware enough to be able to know, like, just cause I'm going through stuff doesn't mean that people are just going to be there the minute I need them.
0: Right. Yeah. And even for me now, like I, I have people that I can reach out to, but I think, uh, I kind of learned in a way like to not do that. Yeah. Like I'm afraid to reach out, like when I'm struggling, like I don't want to burden anybody. Yeah. And even, even though I know I'm not doing that, like it still feels as if I am every time I reach out with something that I'm dealing with. Yeah. And I can get constant reassurance, like, no, you're not bothering me. You're not being a burden. Like, I'm always here for you. <laughs> like, there's an internal thing where it's like.
1: You're just saying that. I can't, like, be like,
0: I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. You're just being nice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> really, just tell me to fuck off. It's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Tell me the truth. Tell me what I want to hear. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. That's that. Uh, what is it? Um, confirmation bias. That's one thing I did learn from my therapist, that confirmation bias. You're going to keep telling yourself what you want to hear and what you want to believe until it becomes true, because you've done all the things to push the people away or whatever. And once it happens, then you're like, ha, I told you you weren't really there for me. And I told you I was bothering you when really it's like, what the hell? Like, I was trying to be there for you, but you were telling me no. So...
0: Kind of becomes like a like a self fulfilling prophecy. Yep, in a way.
1: exactly. It's one
0: of those things too, where like if you look for yellow cars, you're gonna see mm-hmm. yellow cars.
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. That's crazy. I think though.
0: Oh, you want to wrap it up?
1: Yeah, I think I was gonna.
0: Go, go ahead. I'll let I'll let you finish your thought, and then we can wrap this up. I um, wanted to keep this brief. <laughs> I was
1: just gonna say, I think our next episodes we should definitely go more into detail on your life if you're comfortable with that we can kind of do an interview with you so people have something to look forward to and i guess also like thanks for following us i know we have a little bit of a support group going i think we have like 75 followers online so that's awesome we're already making it
0: (laughs) (laughs) well yeah we'll wrap this up and I don't know if we want to log off here or how you want to edit this but bye everybody see ya we'll see you soon <laughs>